Amen and amen. When you leave today, you might also want to pick up one of these new flyers regarding a sermon series that we are launching today. And it gives all the information, and we'll be, then this will go all the way through November the 15th, so a number of weeks dedicated to this important subject. So with that, let's watch the screen. On a recent trip internationally, I was sitting at an airport waiting. <laughs> it's part of travel, right? Sitting at an airport just waiting for my delayed flight to start. And I was in one of those moments and moods that any of you who have traveled extensively know what it's like, where you're like, you haven't had sleep for 26 hours, and you're like, you know, just kind of like in a zone. And uh, I really was not in a talkative mood. Um, and so I was just sitting there waiting for my flight and um, observing people. Atlanta Airport happened to be an absolute crazy house that particular time with the late flight. What's well, always a person, anyway. That particular weekend, it was even worse than normal. People were rushing, coming, going. And I just sat there. I said, you know, I'm going to sit right here and just watch. I've got an hour and a half to wait. And I sat there, and for the next, I know, at least 30 to 45 minutes, I sat making mental notations of my observations. You know what I saw? An amazing level of busyness. Well, you can expect that in the airport, but the truth of the matter is you see it pretty well wherever you go today. And what I noticed the most was using my sense of hearing, I noticed how much noise was everywhere. I observed the technological phenomena that had promised to simplify our lives but is instead constantly interrupting. It seems like every moment with beeps, tunes, buzzes, uh, tones, and whatever else you've programmed into your device. I lost count of the number of different sounds, noises that I heard. I'm not just talking about people talking. It's just like almost there was this drone of noise, of interruptive noise going on constantly. And I thought to myself, how is everybody even able to function with all of this going on? Because, you know, the moment someone's phone would give one beep and someone else's would sing a song and the next one would trumpet something out loud. And, and, and it's like people just had the ability to kind of like zone out of all the frequencies that didn't really relate to them. They were just kind of like locked in on theirs, but it was a noisy room. And I thought to myself, God, how in the world can we deal with a blistering, busy, and incredibly noisy world and still learn to hear your voice? It's literally a, we face a daily cacophony of uh, cell phones, ringtones, emails, text messages, Facebook alerts, add to the list, in addition to the normal noise that we put up with. 
the truth of the matter is that somehow we must discover how to hear God. How to tune in our ears to the voice from above. And how to distinguish God's voice from all the other noise. We live in a noisy world. Everybody agree with that? Sometimes God's voice is a whisper. And sometimes it is a, uh, a voice literally that can knock you over. Sometimes it's just not easily noticed in our busy lives. However, there is a unique frequency that you need to be tuned into. That frequency is the voice of the Lord. And it takes effort. It takes determination. It even takes some training to learn to tune into that frequency. I pray that over the next number of weeks as we follow this series that's called Hearing from Heaven, recognizing and following the voice of God, I pray that you will join me as we explore how to know, recognize that tender voice of the Holy Spirit, what it takes. We're going to learn to upgrade our spiritual software so that we are better able to perceive, change frequencies when we need to, so that we can truly satisfy our souls. Hearing God's voice brings a level of, of satisfaction, fulfillment, and freshness to your walk with God that I don't know many other things that truly will. Learning how God speaks today and experiencing the supernatural difference it will make in your life. Everybody responds to noise a little different. I like the one with the tattoo under the ear. Help. Everyone frequently is, is, is not hearing God the way that they need to. So what I want to do today is, is launch. There's so much. I have an, an, an amazing volume of notes that I want to make sure that we share over the next number of weeks. We want to talk about the different ways that God speaks. How does God speak? And then we want to talk about actually hearing the voice of the Lord, hearing the Holy Spirit's voice, as, a, as compared to and contrasted with hearing God just through reading His written Word. We're going to talk about the different ways that God speaks. We're even going to deal with the spectacular uh, forms of God speaking to us through visions and dreams and other spectacular forms of heavenly communication. We're going to learn how to train our human spirit to be more attentive and how to get on the right frequency that God is speaking to us on. So I pray that you will begin to prayerfully prepare your hearts as we get into the series today. And the result will be that we will learn to boldly respond to God's nudges, impressions, whispers, and directives. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Amen. Here's how we want to start today. I want to start with this statement, give you an Old Testament, New Testament example, and then I want to just really lay foundations today for the rest of the series. To be honest with you, if I can pause for a moment, give a sidebar comment. Um, you know, over life, and um, this is, I'm, let's see, starting uh, here in November, 
I'll be celebrating my four, the beginning of my 43rd year of full-time ministry. So you see a lot during that time. Okay? After that much time of living, and, and, and in my case, in full-time ministry calling, you develop what's sometimes called life messages. The truth of the matter is that probably most of you, at least if you've gotten to about 50 at least, you probably have developed a life message of sorts. There's two or three themes that seem to just resonate so deeply within you, and if you got into a deep enough conversation, it, it would begin to come through. So I, I, have, I have tried to note and journal those for myself. I was interested in knowing a number of years ago, what, do I have life messages or not? So I began to look and study, and I found that there were some primary life messages that resounded throughout my life and kind of, kind of on a crescendo have ended up in a place where I can most effectively communicate and teach in those and train people in those specific areas. Those are my specializations, if you will. Your life message carries greater anointing than other messages that you may speak. This happens to be, and I say this with all humility, Hearing God's voice and following it is one of my life messages. When I was 18 years old, recently experienced the fullness of the Holy Spirit in a way that a Southern Baptist boy rocked his world, I began to hear God speak. And I'll tell you my story in just a moment of the first time I did. But it changed forever the way I lived, the way I lead, and the way I minister and represent Jesus. So, we're going to start with foundation, number one. Hearing from heaven is both critical and beneficial. Hearing from heaven is critical and beneficial. You might say, well, this is purely optional. I believe to truly live life the way Jesus wants you to here on this earth as a believer today, representing Jesus the way he wants you to, living a supernatural life, you absolutely must figure out how to not only read the Bible, but how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You might say, I don't think I've ever done that. It's okay. We've all been there. Many of us still are. Many of us are still struggling out how to tune into that. So let me just remind you of two biblical stories so that we ground ourselves in the Word of God. First of all, it's from the Old Testament, the story that's probably familiar to most of you, found in Exodus chapter 3. You remember when God spoke to Moses in a very dramatic way? Through the what? A bush that was burning. It didn't consume it, but it was burning. Amazing story, isn't it? Exodus chapter 3. Let me just read to you, if you want to turn your Bibles, you may at any point, but... Let me just read this part to you. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, this is to Moses, speaking about Moses, God called to him from within the bush. So God's speaking from within the bush. Now, I don't know if you can count on that being your method of hearing, but in this case, there's a bush here burning, and God speaks to Moses out of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses answered and said, here I am. And then, of course, the story goes on. I think what we can see from this particular story is that God desires to speak. When God has something for you to do, he's going to speak to you about it. And yet Moses had to hear, had to recognize. There's great debate over whether or not that was an audible voice or not. My attitude is it really doesn't matter. It might have been audible. It may have just been deeply within his own spirit. But what I do know is that in the Old Testament, 
God's methods of operations were frequently different than they tend to be in the New Testament. The relationship of an Old Testament saint compared to a New Testament believer is quite distinct. In the Old Testament, we find that God was much more physical in his communication. Today, in our lives today, he operates much more on the spiritual level than the natural level. And the reason is because of our access to the Holy Spirit, living, residing, and even filling us. Moses heard God's voice in the burning bush. It changed the whole course of his life. He had spent 40 years in that desert, 40 years previously in Egypt, learning the ways of Pharaoh, 40 years on the desert, and God interrupted him at 80 years old. Some of you are saying, it's too late for me. It's not too late. He interrupted Moses at 80 years old and said, I've got a new assignment for you. Actually, it was his original destiny. He had just detoured. Came right back around. God said, I've got a purpose for you. I want you to go and I want you to be used to deliver my people out of bondage, out of Egypt. Me? And we won't go through his litany of excuses. But God finally got through to him, didn't he? It's amazing how patient God is to us, with us when we don't hear right. Switch to the New Testament. There's an amazing story of Philip after the early church at Jerusalem. Suffering came and the church was scattered and distributed all throughout Judea and Samaria. And we see the Holy Spirit and the Scripture hones in on close-up focus on a man named Philip who had once been a deacon but now turns into an evangelist anointed with signs and wonders, sharing the gospel, doing amazing deeds there in Samaria in Acts chapter 8. Towards the end of the chapter, I'll just pick it up in verse 26, after revival had come to Samaria, healing, all kinds of stuff had been going on. And then we listen to verse 26. I'm just going to read to you a couple of verses. Listen to what it says. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south, this is in quotations, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, so he was a God-fearing man, right? And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading, someone remember? The book of Isaiah. He was reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet, and look at the, look at the, and the Spirit told Philip, that chariot right there, go to that chariot. Go to that chariot and stay near it. I've always been amazed at this direction. The interaction, the interplay between God and his people. We're in the New Testament, the book of Acts, right? And God is speaking, first of all, sends an angel to speak to Philip. That would fall into the spectacular category, by the way. All right, we'll get to that in future weeks. But don't, don't think that God can't speak to you even through angelic visitations today. It's possible. He spoke to him, first of all, through an angel. It was a pretty radical direction. Here's where I want you to go. Very specific. I'm amazed at God's specificity, aren't you? Amen. Goes to this specific location. And then he did it. So he went, and then he's just standing there minding his own business. La, 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 la. Out in the wilderness, out in the desert road, standing by this road, common road, just waiting. And then the Bible says the Spirit told Philip. Now, I'll let you just reflect on that on your own, but all I know, we're not told exactly how he told Philip, 
But what we know is that God was speaking to Philip for a specific ministry purpose. He identified the chariot. Apparently, there were more than one chariot. He identified the chariot that he was to go, and it required him to run to chase it, track that thing down. Now, he's an evangelist. He is ready to share the gospel. Sometimes we, we have it within us. We just need to know where to go and who to talk to. The more we can listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, we'll be more sensitive to know where to share, what time, and how to share it. So we have an Old Testament example, and we have a New Testament example, and there are plenty more that we'll look into over the next weeks. The fact of the matter is that hearing from heaven is critical. It is beneficial, and it will affect your life just as it did both Moses and Philip. In 1972, one year before, I had had a divine encounter with the Holy Spirit that radically changed my life and direction. It was so radical that the Baptist decided to kick me out. So I got the left foot of fellowship from the Baptist, and I didn't know what I was for a while. So I don't know what I am now even. But nonetheless, I wasn't welcomed there anymore. So uh, I knew that uh, we started a, a ministry there. We were ministering to people on the streets and drug addicts and stuff. And so after my senior year of high school in 1972, uh, my gift, my graduation gift from my parents was a trip to Brazil. You might say Brazil, and the World Cup was not happening there, I promise you, at that time, <laughs> 1972. My brother-in-law and sister had moved to Brazil years before as missionaries, full-time missionaries, way out in the middle of the jungles. And I went there to live with them and to work for three months. That was my, that was my graduation gift. And uh, I was happy to do it. I was excited about it. I mean, I was an Eagle Scout, so I could handle anything, right? No problem. I, I didn't realize that we were literally about 100 miles from a working phone. I mean, there was just, we were remote. There was nothing to do, no radios, no telephone, no TVs, just jungle. And so I found myself saying, you know, with my renewed walk with God, I began to talk to God regularly. And I said, what am I, you know, I'm going to have a lot of spare time. I'd work hard all day long. And I'd have a lot of spare time. And so I decided, you know, this is a great time for me to enrich my, my walk with the Lord, my study and reading and prayer. So I had several books I was reading and this really dates me, but I was reading a book. Some of you may go back this far. I was reading a book by a guy named Merlin Carruthers, and the name of the book was Prison to Praise. You can't find it anymore. But I was reading that little paperback book. And I'd been praying and just drawing close to the Lord for weeks at that point. And while I was reading that book one day, out of the clear blue, without any prior notice or warning, I heard the Spirit speak to me not audible deep inside but it was a voice i could distinguish the words and it was a voice distinct and yet not remarkably different than what you might think i i don't even know how to describe god's voice in human terms but i knew god was speaking to me and what he said to me <laughs> really changed my life because what he said was I'd been preparing for the previous six years of what I was going to do in college and with the rest of my life and I was going into into medical um, research had a scholarship ready to go ready to move to the west coast immediately when I came back from this trip 
God speaks to me and says, I don't want you to be a doctor. I don't want you to be a scientist. And I'm like, I wasn't even asking about that, you know. <laughs> it wasn't up for discussion. And I'm literally, I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And so I just kind of, you know, pushed aside, ignored, oh, that couldn't be God. Came again, repeated again. And I realized God is speaking to me. And so I responded. I said, Lord, is this you? And if it's, if it's you, tell me, if you don't want me to be a doctor, please tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> I'm out of high school. I've just graduated, and I've got the rest of my life in front of me. What am I supposed to do? I was enough of a type A personality. I really needed some clear direction. And after some pauses and some moments, the Holy Spirit spoke again and said, what I want you to do is to serve me all the days of your life, preaching and teaching the Word of God. And he began to un unpack his calling upon my life. It was so clear, I, I really didn't question it. I just was like, man, this, this has huge implications. <laughs> had six more weeks to reflect on before I had to come home. By the time I came home, by the time I left that remote area of the jungles of Brazil, got on a plane, flew back home, I was ready. I already had a plan. I, I was just ready. I didn't know what was coming. I knew what I had to do. Immediately, I canceled my scholarship. I immediately withdrew my registration from the university that I was going to be attending, and I went and knocked on the door of my pastor and said, what now? What's next? And he was as shocked as I was. From there, the rest is history. That hearing moment transformed my direction and my life. Do you know, honestly, there are many times I lost count that I've said, I'm done with ministry. I really don't want to deal with your people anymore. <laughs> Y'all looking at me so spiritual. Right? <laughs> I have quit. I have tried to quit many, many times. And do you know what I go back to? Hearing from heaven. When God speaks to you and you know it, you've got two choices. Obey or disobey. It pretty well boils down to that. And I have repeatedly had to resign. Instead of resigning, I've had to resign and re-up. So it is beneficial, and it can affect. It may be a small thing. It may be something like, you know, share, share the love of God with this person, or it might be I'm, I'm totally changing your direction. So here's what I want to do, and I know it's just, it, it feels voluminous, but I'm just going to share with you. I think I've got like seven or eight. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to read Scripture to you. I'm just going to read the Word of God to you. These are each promises from God's word that say to you and to me, I will guide you. Some, some are more particular in general about I'll guide you. Some are more specific about his voice. But they are each, these, you know, we need to know what God's word promises to us about things. So here's what everything is going to hinge on. So I'm going to read these scriptures to you. If you want to follow with me, fine. If not, you, um, if you, if you sign up and get the notes, then you'll have these um, 
already available for you in your PDF file. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God's mouth. That's Old Testament. How many of you remember that that was quoted by Jesus in the New Testament? That was one of the verses he pulled out. He knew the word. He knew the Bible. He pulled it right out of his memory banks when he needed a weapon to stand against Satan's temptation, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word, word, word comes from God's mouth. Psalm chapter 23, well-known psalm to all of us. I'll simply pick a couple of verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul and he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you see the emphasis on God's leadership and guidance in our lives as the shepherd? Psalm chapter 78, verse 14. Then he led them, speaking of the children of Israel, then he led them with the cloud by day and all the night with a light of fire. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? The psalmist is having a rough day. Where can I go and get away? What he's saying is, how can I get away? from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i ascend to heaven you're there if i make my bed in hell behold you're there if i take the wings of the dawn if i dwell in the remotest parts of the sea even there your hand will leave any of y'all ever been there y'all ever y'all ever, you identify with this even there in other words wherever i go your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me i like that one. all right a couple of weeks ago, we shared a message called trust, trust God. Remember the end of that verse that we use, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord. You remember it goes on at the end, it says, and if you will do that, if you will trust him, acknowledge him in all your ways, he will do what? He will direct your paths. Isaiah 42, verse 16, I will lead the blind, by the way, I think a lot of times, Many of us qualify as being blind. We just don't know where to go, what to do. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. In paths that they do not know, I will guide them. I will make the darkness into light. I've seen some of you today at a dark place. You feel like you've been in a cave, you've been in a tunnel for way too long. It's like, will I ever get to the outside of this tunnel? It just keeps going and going. I'll make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. There are th these are things that I will do, God says. And I will not leave them undone. That's a powerful promise. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11. And the Lord will continually guide you. He will continually guide you. And he goes on. Jump into the New Testament, John chapter 10, verse 27. The whole chapter, chapter 10 of the Gospel of John is about what? The relationship of sheep and shepherd. This is where John reveals to us that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In the context of talking about Jesus as the shepherd, listen to verse 27. My sheep, how many here would say that's you? Anybody here qualify? Some of you aren't sure. We'll have an altar call in just a moment. You can get sure. My sheep, 
hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You know what that says to me? If you're one of God's children, born of the Spirit of God, you have the capacity to know the voice of your shepherd. He has, he has constructed on the inside of you a capacity, a spiritual capacity to know, recognize, and discern his voice. It also assures us he speaks to his sheep. He speaks to his sheep. There are many people that would suggest that God doesn't speak anymore, that he has spoken all he's going to speak in the Bible, and as of 70 A.D., he stopped talking. Everything that we have is in the Scripture, and that's it. I am a Bible guy, if any of you know, don't know by now. I am, you know, I'm, I believe the Bible is the whole inspired Word of God. Even the covers are inspired in my book I'm, and infallible, all right? So don't, don't ever question my sensitivity and my belief in that. But listen to me. The Holy Spirit is an active God today. He is an active agent who is speaking, representing, speaking on behalf of the Godhead, and he is active and wants to be active in your life and my life today. And one of the things he does is we have to have a communication system where we recognize what he wants, what he's saying, what he's directing, how he's nudging us. If we're his sheep, we will know his voice. I suggest to you that the problem today is not with God speaking. The problem is with our hearing. I'm convinced that God, through the Holy Spirit, is speaking far many more things, directions, insights, revelations, impressions, nudges, whatever, whispers to us than we recognize. I believe it's going on more consistently than we realize. I don't believe what we're talking about here is a once a year, you might get some kind of insight. That God, well, I think that God spoke to me about something. No, I think that our relationship with God, shepherd to sheep, sheep to shepherd, is two-way. Should be two-way, not one way. And many Christians have made this relationship with God, our walk, our spiritual walk, it's all about a one-way thing. And here's what it looks like. God, I want to talk to you about a few things. Okay, it's time to go to work. That's it. That is our prayer life. How much time do we allow to hear. If, if you were dating someone, can, can you think back that far? If you were dating someone and you got engaged to be married, now you're really serious about getting to know each other, right? How fruitful would that relationship be? How healthy would it be if only one party did all the talking? Some of you say that's exactly how my marriage looks today. <laughs> that's not healthy relationship is it it has to be what two-way 
It's got to be each has to communicate. That's relationship. Two-way communication. And it looks different. It's not the kind of thing you build a formula around and say, okay, now it's your turn to talk. Now it's my turn to talk. Now it's no, it's a constant interchange, isn't it? It's an interplay of relationship. Don't you think somehow that our walk with God should look more like that than this kind of a, a mechanized way that we organize our, our devotional life and, we, and we, we, it just doesn't make sense. My sheep know my I close with this reminder, and I'll dig into it a little bit next week. The Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 3. A young boy, most people think he was about 12 years old. Samuel was his name. He was called from the time of his conception to be a prophet. A prophet is someone who hears and speaks. Special calling by God, but the nature of a prophet is they hear and see what God's doing and saying, and then communicate it. That's the calling of the prophet. Here we find the prophet young Samuel at 12. You remember the story? He was living in the temple, in the house of the Lord. Eli was the high priest. And one night he kept hearing something. He heard a voice. He didn't know he was hearing from heaven. But the voice kept saying, Samuel, Samuel. Now, once again, we don't know if it was audible. We don't know. But he was hearing something. Samuel. And you know, you, you remember the rest of the story. He kept running back and forth. Eli said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did you need something? I didn't. I didn't say your name. Oh, I, I distinctly heard my name. Go back. This went back and forth. And you remember, finally, Eli, being the super spiritually sensitive guy that he was, finally picked up on it. And he said, maybe God's trying to speak to you, son. Go back and say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Do whatever you're telling me to do. At least that was good counsel, by the way. Samuel went back to his room. Happened again. Samuel, Samuel, by the way, God knows your Samuel, Samuel, and this time Samuel said what? Lord, if you're talking to me, here I am. I'm listening. I'm ready to listen to you. As we close today, could we at least begin this series by declaring to God, Lord, here I am. I'm welcoming your voice. Speak to me. And I have a heart to follow. Isn't that a good point to begin? Would you stand to your feet with me as we close? Boy, there's just so many wonderful things we're going to discover together in this series. I can't wait. And uh, I hope that you will complement this with your own personal study uh, during the week, studying the Word of God and praying about these matters. Before I close in prayer, um, I just want to urge you, if you're here today and You say, I don't know if I am one of his sheep. You can know that today. Our prayer ministry teams are going to come to the front of this auditorium and they're going to post themselves here for ministry to you. If you need prayer, maybe you need a relationship with God that you don't have, they'll pray with you. They'll lead you right into that. Maybe there's something else that's going on spiritually in your life or or maybe it's just a need for God to do something extraordinary. We serve a great God. 
So feel free to come and to ask for that. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray a general prayer of faith. And it will also serve as our benediction today. So uh, let's pray together and just seal what has happened in our service today. Father, we're so pleased to know you're intimate, God. You're not a distant, disinterested, dissonant voice. But we're your people. We want to hear. Some of us have heard, but we want improved hearing. Some of us may say, you know, I've read the Bible, but that's about where it stopped. Lord, we're asking that extraordinary supernatural breakthroughs would take place in our communication to you and from you over the next eight to ten weeks. Speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now listen carefully before I let you go. Where are my clipboards? I kept watching them. All right, would someone grab them, please? And uh, if you don't mind, do you mind put them in Diane's hand right there? Are they finished? Have they gone through their whole crowd? No, Diane, would you put them right back on the welcome center? If you would just take them back there and put them there. And, and uh, if there are still some more blanks and they haven't passed by you and you're willing to put your name on one of those blanks, do it now, quickly today, okay? We're going to dismiss you, and we have ushers at the door with prayer guides. So I'm going to invite you to respect those that need to come forward for prayer. Please respect them. And uh, we're immediately going to go. Joy, you're going to lead the way, right? Kids in tow. You're going to grab your kids. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, grab the kids. They're going to, they're going to lead the way in prayer. Grab the kids. Joy's going to lead us. We're all going to walk right down the street. Anybody who can stick around and pray with us, and uh, I, I, we'll be done before noon. I, I really feel confident. We're, it's not a lengthy thing. So, But we just think praying... Um, sometimes we say we like to pray on site with insight. That's what prayer walking is. We pray on site with spiritual insight. So if you want to join us with that, fine. If you want to join the others in distributing flyers, you may do that. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll meet you down the street. If you need prayer, please come and receive that now.